Fueling this podcast is the team at Pico. A proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia, Pico has a history of more than 130 years of service across the greater Philadelphia community. The women and men of Pico have a long-standing commitment to a culture of excellence, and they strive to advance smart energy solutions to provide safe, reliable, affordable, and clean energy and energy services for the customers and the communities they serve. Learn more about Pico at Pico.com. This is Growing Greater. Growing Greater. Bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Great businesses are led by those who understand and appreciate the importance of helping others. They recognize that while they build their business on a foundation that is providing a solution to a problem, they will be so much more successful when they collaborate with others. And that spirit of collaboration combined with that solutions-oriented approach, well, it's exactly what Jonathan Grzybowski employs every day. And he and his team also embrace something they refer to as a community-conscious way of working. And it's lifting nonprofits to new heights. Jonathan is co-founder and chief marketing officer of a company called Penji. And here, Jonathan describes his business. Penji is an on-demand graphic design service for businesses, agencies, startups, internal marketing teams, where if... Rather than finding graphic designers in-house or hiring in-house, or rather than sifting through all the different freelancers that they may have in their business, Mm -hmm. they go to one location, they have a conversation with us, they sign up for our service, and they're able to get unlimited amounts of graphic design all at a flat monthly rate. So it's almost like a membership organization. Is that fair? It's a subscription membership model, very similar to, I'm sure, the people that may be listening, like a Netflix, where you can sign up and you can cancel at any time. Yeah, It's the same exact business model where you can sign up and get access to our pool of designers. And then the let's just say something happens to your business, you don't need it, you can cancel it, or you can continue using us as your primary resource for months and years to come. And I love that kind of analogy of Netflix and an entertainment or information sharing model. So you can watch two programs or you can watch 12 programs. Exactly. Is that the fair analogy is you can have uh, two pieces designed per month or you can have 12 pieces designed per month? Yeah. I mean, we have startups who have, I mean, a woman signed up today Mm -hmm. and our team talked to her and she has her idea. Right. And she needs logos, presentations, social media content, all that other fun stuff. And so she doesn't have any of that, right? Right. So she can submit all of that and she can get all the graphic designs done in a month or maybe two months if she needs more. Yeah. Then there's that aspect of it. But then there's other people who who are like PR agencies or marketing agencies where they have clients all over the world and they have hundreds and tens and clients, whatever it may be. Sure. And they can also put their content on our platform in order to request the design. So if they need like an advertisement for their sports fitness brand, or they might need a uh, a one sale sheet for one of their consulting companies that they have, 
it can all be intertwined in the same subscription. That sounds like a really great business model. And I want to come back to what I mentioned at the uh, start of our conversation, if you will, how I introduced you about solving a problem. Share with us from your view how you and your team at Penji are solving a problem when it comes to accessing top quality graphic design work. Yeah. So before we started Penji, we were a digital marketing agency And we were in the digital marketing agency world for probably four to five years. Mm -hmm. And we worked with a lot of amazing people, universities and fortunes and inks and all that other fun stuff. And for some reason, we were able to get a lot of great clients, but we weren't able to grow. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking to ourselves, like, you know, why? Why is it? And at, at the end of the day, we just weren't, it wasn't the right fit for who we were personally. That's number one. Right. And even when the clients canceled or they moved on or they, they liked what they, the, the one thing that they always said is that we really like your design. Mm-hmm. Regardless of all the other stuff that we did, they always said that we liked the design. So we said, okay, well, we looked at the data. Why? Why? Right. Well, it's because we have really good designers, right? And then we started thinking, we took a step back, like how did we get those designers? And for years, I was the graphic designer right. and I have absolutely no talent whatsoever when it comes to graphic design. Right. So it wasn't me. It, was, it definitely wasn't my graphic design talent. Right. It wasn't until we started to find other graphic designers that were much better than me when we got to a point and we tried to hire freelancers, we tried to hire in-house people, students and all this stuff and mm-hmm. nothing was really the right fit right. until we stumbled across a couple of young gentlemen yeah. where they just were able to produce really good content. Right. And then we started interviewing some other people and our closest friends. And we ended up interviewing close to 200 people. Wow. And we said, what is your biggest problem when it comes to marketing? And overwhelming majority of them said finding a quality graphic designer. Interesting. And so we said to ourselves, okay, well, we have really good designers and we're recognized for our design. And all these people say that they have graphic design, they have needs and they can't find it. Yeah. Because again, they have to, it may be too expensive to hire an in-house person, hard to find a freelancer. You have to interview them, create processes, procedures, and people don't feel like dealing with that crap. Right. So again, they use a service like ours and that was the problem that we originally sought out for. So Mm -hmm. it was actually, the business was created by accident, so to speak. Right. We never set out and said, this is what we're going to do. We were very happy with the agency that we were building. It wasn't growing as fast as we wanted to, Sure. but we were still working on it. And it wasn't until that we realized that problem was when we literally dropped everything and we said, you know what, this problem is much bigger than whatever we could do in the graphic, in the agency world. Let's do this. So that feedback that you were hearing from friends and colleagues about their pain points was your aha moment to say access to top quality, affordable, quick turnaround graphic design. Looking back at it, if it was maybe 10 people, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, let's explore it. Yeah. But let's not go all in. Right. But I mean, the majority of people, so we asked two questions like, what is the problem? And if we built this, would you buy it? And the minute that people started saying, yes, we will buy it. It was, that was the aha moment because like, wow, you know, we can make money off of this. Like, are you kidding me? This was just an idea. And now you're saying that we can make money off of it. This is even better. Yeah. And what Penji was in the beginning is not what it is today, Right. but it was just the growing pains of just startup processes and procedures. 
So that aha moment that you and your colleagues at Penji had was almost two years or so ago. Yeah. And um, share with us some of the, what I would call the nuts and bolts. How big is the shop now? How many kind of folks do you employ and how many customers are you supporting? So it started on October 21st, 2017. And we started with just like four people. Mm Mm-hmm. And to date, we have over 45 people worldwide, and we're servicing over a 1,000 clients. Wow. So with that in mind, it was – people might see – because we've been recognized by a lot of publications as a, like a fast-growing company, and that's good. But what people don't understand is that this isn't like a year-and-a-half-long business. Right. This is seven, eight years of entrepreneurship struggle. Right where the lows were so damn low and yeah. the highs were you know relatively high for the most part but sure. it's just constant tweaking and constant fine tuning in order to find something that's the right fit for us personally and of course solving the problem to the masses yeah so folks that's Jonathan Grzbowski he is the co-founder and chief marketing officer of a really unique company called Penji I think it's best described, if I could, and you'll tell me if I'm off base here, Jonathan, a subscription membership-based service for top-quality graphic design work. Yep, you know it. Perfect. So I want to pivot slightly because I love the stories behind names. And is there a story <laughs> behind the name Penji? There is a story behind the name. It is, unfortunately, the one thing that we keep really close to the chest. Okay. We have one employee that knows the meaning. Okay. He figured it out. Okay. And then he came up to us and was like, hey, I think this is it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's that, that's it. Right, but right. we have employees that ask us probably weekly. I bet. And they're like, what is the name? And we're just like, we're not telling you. You have to figure it out. Right. So it's a little bit of a puzzle. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a strength in mystery. For yeah, sure. for sure. And <laughs> and I won't probe because I want to <laughs> honor fine. that. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I know you're headquartered in Camden, so maybe I can take you over to Donkey's Place for a beer and a cheesesteak and, and get it out of you gonna, sometime. We'll keep it confidential. It's going to be it's gonna be more than beer, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like four or five. but Yeah, absolutely. Hello, hello, everybody. How are we doing today on this fine Thursday mid-afternoon? Come at you live at the Penji headquarters. All righty. Welcome, 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 everybody. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on this live webinar. Today's topic is the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And I have two incredibly strong women on this panel that I'm going to allow to introduce themselves very shortly. Now, what I'm going to be talking to you today is about how to start a startup in your 30s. Jonathan has truly created a collaborative environment for entrepreneurs and business leaders to come together and share their experiences and their knowledge through different forms of media, his podcast, and as you just heard, a series of Facebook Live videos, which truly exemplify how a good, prosperous business is built on collaboration. Thanks to its unique service, its selfless style, it's easy to see how Penji has become such a success. Whether providing resources, insights, or ideas, Jonathan and his team believe that one cannot succeed in isolation. We'll be back with Jonathan in just a moment. But first, speaking of success and collaboration, I want to thank the team at PNC. Without their belief in us and our Growing Greater podcast, we could not do what we do every day to showcase the business assets of our 11-county community, helping us to attract new companies and new jobs to Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. 
PNC offers a wide range of services for individuals and small businesses to corporations and government entities. They have the knowledge and the resources for financial success. Learn more about all that PNC has to offer by visiting pnc.com and join me in thanking PNC for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Now let's get back to our conversation with Jonathan Grzybowski to learn more about how he's growing personally and professionally as he takes Penji to the next level. So Jonathan, I really like this business model because you're solving a problem and you're helping companies, especially nonprofits who typically need greater access to resources that they may not always be able to access on a regular basis the way for-profit companies can, but a lot of startups and small companies, that's a pain point for them that you're really solving. I also love the fact, and you shared with me earlier, that you're a proud product of uh, Greater Philadelphia. Grew up in Northeast Philadelphia, a proud product of the Rutgers University in New Jersey. And you made a conscious decision and chose to establish Penji in Camden because you were solving another problem, which is helping to lift, if I understand it correctly, you know, this image and this brand of Camden, New Jersey that has gone through peaks and valleys and is clearly on an upward trajectory right now as a community. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit on your team's thinking around why Camden. Yeah, our reason for Camden is we want to be able, at our core mission, is to help those who help others. And it took us a really long time to figure out that was like the mission of the company. But we started looking at ourselves like, who are we as human beings? Who am I as a man? Who are my co-founders as other men and, and the women that are working with us? Like, what do they stand for? And how can they be proud to work for a company like ours? Mm-hmm. And the helping those, helping others is such a phrase that rings true. And with the, the clients that we service, they help other people, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to the philanthropic side of what we do, we have a couple of programs one called Penji Unlimited, where we offer select nonprofits in the Philadelphia and Camden region our services for $1 a month. Wow. And they can use it just like they would as a normal customer. They have to talk to us first. We have mm-hmm. to meet with them, physically meet with them to make sure that they're legit. And it's not just like another nonprofit that's just like maybe hiding some things here and there. Sure. But they're legitimately helping people and we can see the fruits of their labor. That's one aspect of it. But the other side is... There's so much going on in larger cities, and it's great that there's things that are going on, but a lot of the kids that are being neglected who are just as qualified and just as smart are located in in underserved communities, and we believe that they deserve an opportunity just as much as other people. And so we work and partner with an organization called HopeWorks in Camden where they train a lot of the employees that we inevitably hire with skills like technology, coding, design, business development, and things like that. And then once they graduate their program, they give us and say, hey, look at this person and what are your thoughts? Do you think this is a good fit? And today we have three people from HopeWorks on our team, actually more, one left, but right now we have three people. Mm -hmm. And eventually we're going to bring them on to even full-time positions Uh, One is already full-time, and she's a director of partnership. So she went from a typical outreach position entry level Mm -hmm. to a director level in the span of a year or so. And she's in charge of every person that interacts with our brand who wants to know us more. And her role is to get more out of our customers and more out of our friends. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, to those people that are listening, just because they're from a bad area doesn't mean that they're not qualified. So that's, right. that's kind of our thought is let's focus on this community first. Let's focus in Camden, this underserved community. And as we grow, we would love to help other underserved communities throughout the country. Yeah, that makes sense. And I really love the fact that Penji is so thoughtful about being what, you know, is often described as a community conscious startup, that you're actually touching the lives of people who live in that community. And to your point, through internships and other kinds of job opportunities, you are really having a a really positive impact on their life. And that's got to be a really satisfying, I guess, I don't know if I would even call it a, you know, a byproduct or an afterthought, because it sounds like it's much more than that. It's a very conscious approach. I think at the end of the day, we legitimately care about the well-being of other people, Mm -hmm. and we legitimately care about the success of our team members. Yeah. A lot of our team members are entrepreneurial and they might have like a side business. Mm-hmm. That's one. Or maybe they just aspire to be something even bigger outside of Penji. And we ask them two questions every single time we interview somebody. Mm-hmm. And we ask them to say, what is your dream and what can we do in order to help you get there? Wow. And so when we ask those questions, it's really simple. We just want to understand the person and what their motivating factor is. Mm-hmm. Like what gets them out of bed every morning? Yeah. It's not making a startup successful. That's not... Right. Why? And I think a lot of startups, a lot of business owners and even CEOs, they're very selfish individuals who they think that like they want to work for me because I'm this and now I'm that or this company that I stand for. Right. No, they don't give a crap about you, dude. Like right. at the end of the day, we all care about ourselves and our well being. And so what can we do in order to help these people? And what we found is by us just being nice, being human, yeah. It allows them the opportunity to just work even harder for what we're trying to create Yeah, because we got their back. Right. It's that empathy kind of gene that we all have in us, but to your point, not everybody taps into it. Yeah, we all have it. It's ridiculously hard to understand it. Like even to this day, I would say that my empathy level is, you know, not even where I want it to be, but like I'm at least understanding that like I want to be able to like, at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, what is my life? Yeah. What am I here for? Right. Like, I have like a hundred million dollars in my pocket right now. Like what the hell am I going to do with it? Yeah. Like I'll be like financially free. Cool. Yeah. I don't need all that money. Right. Like if you go into my apartment, you'll see I have jack crap. I have nothing there. Right. Yeah, it sounds give like it to other people. Like, yeah, let help other help others. Yeah, it sounds like you're more thoughtful about how you can touch other lives as opposed to just your own. It says a lot about the type of work you and your team are doing at Penji. And I do have to come back and say I love. I picked up on this milestone moment because you were very specific about October 21st of 17. Because we hold on to these milestone moments. They're, they are moments in our lives that are meaningful for a reason. And for you, the startup of Penji on October 21st of 17 is one of those moments. And I know you have others in your life because I'm a similar yeah. kind of thinker that I'm, I'm able to reflect back on that pivotal moment that has led us to something else. And I was also really intrigued, Jonathan, with your question that you probably get some really interesting responses to of share with us what are your dreams. And when you're interviewing a prospective employee, it's not an easy question, actually, because you're asking somebody to really be a little bit more vulnerable than they're probably used to being. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're able to shed that layer, Mm -hmm. I think real conversations start to ensue. Yeah. I mean, just like this conversation now, like, you know, I have a microphone in front of me, I have headphones on, there's no candles here, but it's a pretty intimate setting. Yeah. And so like, I'm willing to 
give you whatever it is that you need and whatever the audience wants. And it's the same way if you just ask the questions. I feel like a lot of people just aren't afraid. Right. Or maybe they just don't they don't care yeah. enough. It's hard. And business is hard, but I just feel like if you're able to do good and you're able to have fun, yeah. then everything else falls into place. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, Jonathan, I want to take you up on that offer that you just shared. The and, candle one or no. the <laughs> <laughs> Just dive in a little bit deeper to how you got to be who you are today. Because you grew up in, in Northeast Philadelphia, and yeah. you, you work in Camden today, but clearly you've evolved into a young professional, even if we don't use the word professional, you've evolved into somebody who's thoughtful about other people. And are there triggers in your life? Was it a family moment, an influencer in your life, whether it was at school or in the neighborhood that caused you to say, you know what? I feel better when I'm thinking about others than when I'm thinking about myself. <laughs> I guess, in other words, how did you get to yeah. where you are today as a person? It's not a good answer, but it's a very morbid answer. It's just like the amount of loneliness that I've ensued in my life. Entrepreneurship is extremely lonely. Yeah, Business is lonely. There's a lot of things that, a lot of moments where you're in your head at all times. And so like, it's more so, at, I mean, maybe this is where it comes from, but just that willingness of like, well, I don't really have anybody or anything. So am I just going to play video games all day and just like, you know, create a, a cool business mm -hmm. or should I do what to write and share it? Yeah. And I think that's definitely a part of it. I mean, I didn't come from a family. My mom's a lunch lady. My father is a truck driver. Mm -hmm. I'm not rich. My parents were never rich. I didn't come from humble. I come from Juniata Park, which is at now one of the most probably densely populated drug regions in Philadelphia. Right. So- you know, I, I don't, I don't have that that upbringing, that silver spoon upbringing. I've had to work for everything in my entire life, and eighteen to twenty four, I did school full time and and work full time, mm -hmm. and then I, and ended up quitting my job. But like, you know, everything that I've I've created is self made, and I feel like there's a element to it too, where it's like the loneliness of sharing it, but and also that determination of not losing it, right? Because I was able to get it, mm -hmm. but I can lose it. 10 times as fast. Right. So you have to make sure that like that your pulse is always on the trigger at all times, moving forward as quickly and as fast as you can. Yeah. Well, you know, whether it was your mom is the lunch lady, your dad is the truck driver, another influencer in your neighborhood or your school or your extended family, you've made choices in your life. And there's a reason why you've been shaped in a certain way, whether you know it or not, I suspect, right? Yeah. Or consciously are aware of it, right? I mean, I've thought about this, like, what was the moment mm -hmm. of like, who was the person that did this? Yeah. And I like, I, I'm not trying to throw like an eat my ego out there, but I really think it was just like my own yeah. self. Sure. I think it was just me not wanting a normal life. It was me not wanting the life that I had. It was me not looking at my dad and my mom getting arguments about money right. and listening to other people getting arguments about money. And then just thinking to yourself, like, what is the life that I want to have? Well, I want to be able to have a life where I'm financially free. Right. I want to be able to not worry about it, but I also want to be able to, because of my efforts and my intellect and also my, my hard work, I also want to help other people, and right. I want the company to be like that as well. So. Yeah, no, that makes good sense. And in that spirit of wanting to help other people, I want to pivot to our next question, which is entrepreneurship, because clearly that's in your DNA as well. And there's a kid in Juniata Park right now, or nearby, maybe in Camden, yeah. and they're thinking about what's next for them. Maybe they're 15, maybe they're 25, and they're thinking about, you know, where am I going to go? 
and what's my mission in life? What kind of advice and guidance do you give to a young person who's either thinking about starting their own shop or just embarking on a career? Yeah, I would say it's going to take twice as long as what you think it's going to take. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, I would say find out the industry that you think you want to be in. And if they're not hiring work for that individual, the leader in that industry, in that field, shadow them as much as you possibly can. Whether you have to work late hours or answer the emails or their phone for them, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you got to do, whatever the hell it takes in order yep. for you to figure it out. And once you know yourself and you find that whatever it is that you're you're happy and passionate about, then just go all in on it. For yep. me, I knew that I was a relatively creative person and I liked doing creative things. And I did it the complete wrong way. Mm. I would never do it the way that I did it, which is randomly quit your job. That's the right. dumbest thing you could possibly do. Right. So you ha- everybody has a smartphone. Use social media. Find the mentor that you want your mentor to be and just pick their brain. Yeah. Like So I started a podcast. And yeah. I've interviewed now close to 250 people. Mm-hmm. Those 250 people are a byproduct of who I am today because I was able to pick 250 brains and ask them questions about what my life was going to be like. And I asked them business questions and life questions Mm -hmm. and I got their answers. Right. And then I adopted it, my own philosophy based off of that. Yeah. And so like start a pod, that's another thing, start a damn podcast. Right. do something. Yeah, right. you, I mean, you have a you have a you have <laughs> right. a, a microphone. I'm sure it's cheap to get. It's sixty dollars to get a microphone. I'm sure you have a computer. Use your phone. Mm-hmm. Just go to start recording. Give people a platform. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love that perspective of you know, learn from your past mistakes, learn from others' experiences. Like, don't quit your job until you have another job type of yeah. situation, which is a really good one. But you know, in that moment. You don't realize that that's what we should do. So hearing that from someone who's as successful as you are and your team at Penji to learn from that experience is really important. I did want to touch on the fact that you created and host your own podcast. It's called Blind Entrepreneurship. What was your motivation for that? Cure loneliness. Going back, like when you are in the business world, especially when I was like 24, mm-hmm. 23, yep. what book are you going to read in order to like – figure out how to run a business. Like I've read books, but like there's no school that could tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. There's books to suggest things to do, but Mm -hmm. there's really like no blueprint. Mm -hmm. So I figured what's my current problem that I have now. Mm -hmm. If I give people a platform to talk about themselves, they'll give me just like I'm giving you as much information as possible and they'll be honest with me. And mm-hmm. I ended up creating a lot of really amazing friends because of it. Yeah. And those friends are my friends today, and they're my mentors, and I can call them at any time, they'll answer. Yeah. That's why I created it. Self- yeah. I created it for selfish reasons, and it ended up turning into something much bigger than I had ever imagined. And still to this day, when I interview people, it's still selfishly. But I found sure. out that a lot of people, if I enjoy it, yeah. then I know that there's going to be at least one other person. So I'm more so talking to... Now I feel like I'm talking to that other person that's getting the most out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're right. There is a uh, isolation component to it, but there's also knowing that you're helping others by sharing information of your experiences is is really a positive thing as well. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, your perspective that entrepreneurship business can be and oftentimes is lonely because a lot of it's in our own heads, right? You know, that's, that's who we talk with. But you know, I also know, and I know you've experienced this and you've alluded to it, is that 
it's okay to ask for help. There's a network of people around you who want to be helpful and want to help lift you. So it's a little bit of that balance of how much of this is going on inside our own moment and how much of this is a community that we surround ourselves with. I think one of the earlier questions that you asked was like, how did you get, like maybe not like the exact question, but how did you get here? I think yeah. the answer and the theme that I've realized is that I am not afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was really weird that uh, on the way here, I, I ran here as we discussed yeah. from Camden and to people that are listening, I'm literally in gym clothes right now. So, <laughs> right. And I listened to a podcast about rejection and mm-hmm. this girl, this woman, excuse me, she created a rejection sheet where she tried to get on comedy shows. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get a hundred rejections. She got 107 rejections, but she got 49 yeses. Wow. And so it was just like, the mentality of use that, using that as an example, you could look at it that you got 107 rejections or you got 49. Yeah. Now, two of those 49 were pieces and publications to the New York Times right. and, and some other thing. I can't remember at this point. Yeah. But like, imagine that you got 100 rejections, but you got the two things you've always wanted in your entire life. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good trade-off. So. That's a huge trade-off for every two rejections she got, she got one acceptance. Exactly. That's pretty good. So I think so too. So I mean, to, I guess like put it back on what my life is, I would say it's the same way. Like I get rejected. I actually celebrate rejection sometimes. And I should probably do this again. I actually wrote down all the times that somebody said no to me. Right. And I would just put like a check mark on Mm -hmm. it. And then whenever I, because I know this industry standard is 10. Right. So if you get 10 rejections, then you're more likely to get one yes. Right. So... I would just celebrate the 10th one and be like, you know what? I'm due. Yeah. I'm due for a yes. There's a yes coming around the corner. Exactly. So I'm yeah. constantly just like getting myself into really weird situations. Yeah. And I just don't care. Like I'm able to sneak into places yeah. that a lot of other people don't do it because I just know that I can, I know the path mm-hmm. and I don't care what the path is, but I know that I can get there. Yeah regardless of the process. I really love how you use rejection as inspiration, basically. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I yeah. love I love yeah. getting rejected. That's great. I'm getting excited just being rejected again because like, <laughs> right. then I'm going to get like another yes soon. So. Yeah, that's right. That's a great way to look at it. So I want to shift a little bit here. And folks, we're speaking with John Grisbowski. He's a co-founder and chief marketing officer for a company that's headquartered currently out of Camden, New Jersey called Penji. And uh, they really want an online subscription membership service to help companies and nonprofits create and provide access to great graphic design work. Jonathan, I want to go to my what I call my 3510 question. Where will Penji be in the next three years, five years, 10 years from now? Three years, I would say multiple offices in underserved communities. Mm -hmm. I think we would be probably producing in upwards of several thousand, if not a little bit under 10,000 designs, Mm -hmm. maybe a week. Wow. And that's three years. Yeah. What that looks like financially, I don't don't know. I mean, who knows what it would be. But I think we're always going to be a really small team. Yeah. I don't see us getting any more than 25. Mm -hmm. Five years, I would say... We're going to be developing a suite of services. Gotcha. That may go beyond graphic design. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That may go, but it's still in the sector of helping businesses. Sure. But more of like solutions. That's the word I'm looking for, solutions. And then 10 years, I would say just global domination. Uh, (laughs) Right. But I think 10 years, I would say, well, maybe five years, I would, I mean, I really, I think about this a lot. 
even though I'm, I'm struggling with the answer, mm-hmm. I, I'd say five years I'd probably want to like actually settle down and have a family in life. Yeah. Because right now I'm just in grind mode. Yeah, sure. Ten years I would say I'll get one outside of business. Yeah. Hopefully a winery. Nice. I want to open up a natural, a natural wine. Yeah. I really love wine. I love the experience of wine. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to open up a winery. Nice. So very cool. Within five to ten, I'd say that's pretty doable. Yeah, absolutely. All really great. The one that really stood out for me, which I want to capture, is a suite of solutions when it comes to, I guess, what I would call the marketing and creative services space, whether mm-hmm. it's communications, public relations, um, branding, image development, and also, obviously, graphic design work. Yeah, I think. Graphic design is just one element, but Mm -hmm. there are other people out there that have a lot of other problems in their business that need to be resolved. Right. And it could be a lot of different things. We're already in the works of doing, working on the solution. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, but I can say that graphic design is just the beginning. And while Penji has already realized great success, it's only the beginning for what they will achieve. Be sure to check out Jonathan's Blind Entrepreneurship Podcast. And to hear how other entrepreneurs are navigating this startup ecosystem, check out more episodes of Growing Greater by heading online to selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. So before we close out this episode of our program, I want to invite you to Breaking Ground. It's our annual program where we showcase development projects that are revitalizing our greater Philadelphia neighborhood. You'll get an insider's look at the new Market East in Center City, Philadelphia, the reimagining of Pottstown in Montgomery County, as well as projects in Claymont, Delaware, and how an investment in civic space is planting the seeds of growth in Trenton, New Jersey. It's all set for Wednesday, June 12th from 8 to 10 a.m. at the University of the Sciences on 43rd Street in the University City neighborhood of West Philadelphia. Free parking, great breakfast, and with each of you attending along with scores of other guests, it's sure to be a can't-miss event. I hope to meet you there, so please register today for Breaking Ground at chamberphl.com slash events. That's chamberphl.com slash events. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. <laughs>